0: Today on Sagittarian Matters, dog training, barking, positive reinforcement, post-pandemic life, eating poop, and more with friend to the show, Kaya Wilson. Stay tuned. Sagittarian Matters. Sagittarian Matters. What's the? Wilson is a musician, a positive reinforcement-focused dog training consultant, and a Capricorn. Kaya joined me in the Sagittarian Matters social distancing studio to answer your dog questions about barking, separation anxiety, how to train for post-pandemic life, and eating feces. You can buy Kaya's music and t-shirts that say dogs at kaya.bandcamp.com. Now please enjoy my talk with friend to the show and Capricorn favorite, Kaya Wilson.
1: Wilson, Welcome back to Sagittarian Matters. Thanks so much, Nicole. It's so great to be back.
0: Now, a lot of people know you as a musician, but you have another skill that we're going to talk about today and listeners are going to ask you questions about. That skill is dog training.
1: Yes. I sure love dogs. I sure love dog training.
0: And you have trained dogs. You are soon going to be launching a service where you train puppies remotely and offer support Mm -hmm. for new puppy havers. Yeah. All right, let's get to it. Kaya, what is your general training philosophy before we go into this?
1: Oh, um, well, I advocate for positive reinforcement, which is a reward-based system of communicating to your dog what you do want from them behavior-wise. I certainly advocate for um, asking uh, asking yourself the question, what do I want my dog to do when it comes to when they're doing behaviors you don't want them to do? Mm -hmm. Ask yourself what do I want my dog to do instead and train for that? If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. They bark at the door. I don't want them to bark at the door. What can I do instead? I can train them to go to the mat and they get a treat for that. And I can train them to be quiet during that process. Anyway. So I, um, also when I, I really love, uh, it's like force f- free or fear free, which is, which is giving the dogs a lot of options through through training, through treats, usually, of making the choice for themselves to s- say, yes, I would like you to touch me with that, you know, um, that brush, the hairbrush for grooming. <laughs> you can train. I can't remember if this has an actual name, but giving dogs choice, you can actually train for that, which is kind of the new cutting edge and your
0: favorite person for that is...
1: Shirag Patel.
0: Shirag Patel. And we just watched him on an incredible
1: show. I can't remember what it was called. <laughs> Pet Nightmares or something.
0: It was called like Pet Nightmares, and it's from the BBC. There's only two episodes, but you can mm-hmm. find it, I think, on YouTube, and you can see him in action.
1: Yeah, well, you can just see him in action all over YouTube. <laughs> if you're like me, <laughs> you've spent hours. But there's tons of wonderful trainers out there in the positive reinforcement camp. But he, he's just in the new this new level of... Hey, what does my dog want, and can I give that dog choice in a lot of things within a parameters of, you know, making sure that you're, live, you know, you're living a life you want to live and that your dog isn't actually just choosing to get to your furniture and chew it all up. Right. It has it, There's structure. There's always structure in training.
0: Structure binds anxiety, in my opinion.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Dear Kaya, what's a good method for training a puppy not to bark at strangers? Mm-hmm.
1: Um, Okay, so you have a puppy barking at strangers. Um, If you can anticipate, if you have learned enough, and I bet you have, to see what happens right before they're going to bark, meaning what distance are you from the stranger? Is the stranger coming into the house? Is the stranger on the street? You can figure out the circumstance for which you anticipate, oh, puppy's about to bark, and I know they are. Right before they do that, if you can shove a delightful treat into their mouth such as cheese, deli meat, I'm, I'm, I'm vegan ish. Uh, and so I, you know, but I do advocate for high value meat treats for, for dog training. Um, and also make sure that you are giving the puppy enough distance from the strangers that the puppy can remain in a calm enough state to, when they see the, the stranger deliver the treat, the puppy can is 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 in an, has enough distance from that kind of scary thing that they think is scary the stranger to still be like registering oh wait a minute that uh, this treat is really good i'm looking at a stranger and the treat is really good and it starts to form a positive association you have to do this every time you see a stranger for a while
0: every single time
1: yeah i would say be armed and ready to but- deliver a treat to your dog for strangers you can also set it up if for the if you have a friend stranger who you're pod, you know, in the pandemic times, if you're podding with a friend stranger, you can set it up so that the person can come into your house over and over again. And every time they enter, they get a the puppy is getting a bunch of treats. It's especially good if you can deliver those treats before the puppy's barking. Um, but I have a question. Yeah. Because you
0: really opened my eyes to this. The value of treats.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I want to talk about the treat value system because, mm-hmm. you know... Ponyo was raised by a vegan, so I will often give her, like, oh, some leftover injera as a treat or um, a bag of, like, peanut butter trainer tricky trainers Mm -hmm. as a treat. And Mm -hmm. that did nothing to quell her barking at the park. And then I met you, Mm -hmm. and you have a bunch of tricks up your treat sleeve. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, usually high up on the treat um, value pyramid, for dogs, um, will be stuff like deli meat and cheese. Anything funky, anything you're like real stinky, uh, they like. You know, I, I, what about baby food? Baby food is a wonderful trick. That is for a spe- I use that though for really special circumstances. Like you want to make a high, like you don't bust out that Gerber's baby food. No hippie baby food. You just got to get the the turkey and gravy, Gerber's chicken and great, whatever all that the meat stuff. It's just all ground in a puree. You open this tiny little jar and you just let them have a lick or two. And then you take it away and then a lick or two, you know, for the – it's either a reward for doing a behavior you ask them to do, like sit, uh, but you don't ever give baby food for sit. Because that's, that's just, like – Yeah, 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 yeah. You don't need to do that. They'll they'll sit. They, they they have an easy time sitting. But But for like associating with a stranger, if they're very scared of a stranger and you start to feed them something – hella awesome like baby food when they see that you just give them a couple licks and take it away and when that when the puppy's making eye contact noticing the stranger is like about to get scared shove that baby foot in the puppy's face the puppy will be like oh wait i guess i like the stranger over time they really will they'll just be like stranger equals holy moly what is this thing this is the most delicious thing you've ever fed me
0: and is this the same method that you suggest for your dog barking when anyone else enters a room because that's another question that we got from a listener. Oh. How do I get my dog to stop barking when anyone else enters the room?
1: Anyone else, right? So so it kind of sounds like stranger danger again, like this a similar s- circumstance, which is which is practicing repetition of again setting it up with a stranger that you have potted with and uh, having them, you know, have them over for a slice of pie. Give them, give them a treat. Give your friend a treat so that they're willing to practice this training session with you and your puppy. And then have have the pu- person come in and out. And every time that person enters, the puppy is fed a very high value treat. Then the person leaves and then just comes back and just keeps doing that. Eventually what you'll be looking for is the puppy will just not be barking anymore and won't have a fear response. If you can m- move the puppy, if you need to give that puppy more distance. That's the other very important thing with, when dealing with a fear situation or like a dog on dog reactivity is just moving moving your distance to where that dog is able to stay under threshold meaning you probably know what it looks like when your dog is getting ramped up but there's um, all sorts of resources out there to look up for body language for dog body language and what it means and and seeing the different places where you can watch your dog start to just like get from like i noticed the thing i'm starting to get scared of the thing i'm about to bark at the thing or you know
0: what about the dogs barking because they're excited
1: I just, I just don't, I don't know. I just might, tr- I don't, well, if you, if you really don't want your dog to bark if because it's excited, you could, you just have to train an alternative, uh, behavior, but it's, I just don't, you know, unless they're just barking like a maniac all the time because they're excited and you really need to work on it. I just, you know, let them, let them bark a little. I mean, they're just, it's just talking. We want to be excited and talk sometimes. Your dog does too.
0: Um... I just cannot stress enough consistency when you get a puppy. And so if you're wondering about getting a puppy and the the idea of consistently having to do the same shit over and over again mm-hmm. is already fatiguing you, maybe reconsider getting a
1: puppy. <laughs> <laughs> sure, yeah. Puppies are a lot of work and but you get, I mean, you, you if you're ready to do that work, you the you it'll be paid off. But when that puppy or new dog is just learning what your rules of the world are, they need an awful lot of supervision, an awful lot of what was what called management, which is making sure that they're like in a X pen or in an area where they can't get into trouble. Um, that your your trouble to them is just awesome because they're just like you know, wow. our trouble is not their trouble. Yeah, we don't want them to chew up the sofa, but that's just awesome to them.
0: Look at a huge dog toy you put yeah. in the middle of the room. <laughs> Let's all play with yeah. it.
1: <laughs> so, so when I say trouble, I just mean humans' version of trouble. Um, so management, and then just a lot, so much. What's called why it's called positive reinforcement training isn't because it's all positive. Like it doesn't mean like everybody's in a great mood <laughs> all the time. It doesn't mean like it doesn't literally mean everything positive. It just means your your primary goal is to show your dog what you want from them by setting up a rewards system. And so that's positive reinforcement. It's just a, adding a thing to that dog's life every time they do the thing you like. You give them something awesome to say. I like that. It can be uh, their kibble. In trainers, trainers, we all will say, don't even feed your puppy proper meals. Just grab all that kibble if you have kibble for feeding grab it all and use it for training through the day or put it in a puzzle toy for enrichment, and that's also mental stimulation for dogs, and they love and need that as well. So, I mean, that was the wildest
0: thing that I saw at your house was you were like, oh, I don't feed my dogs breakfast because they just get tons of stuff throughout the day because they're doing smell games, they're doing puzzles, you're training them stuff. They're getting that food, but they're getting it because they're working for it. And actually, anytime you give your dog a treat, that they're not doing something you want them to be doing, uh-huh. you're just wasting treats. R- oh, I mean, exactly. like, like when Panya's just standing around, yeah. and I give her a treat because she looks cute to me. Yeah, I'm just I'm just wasting a learning opportunity. I mean, it's
1: fine to do that too. You know, you just <laughs> you can also just give free free treats. Free treats are cool too. But with if you if you're trying to influence the behavior of a dog or a human, for that matter. Human's going to take you know candy bar, maybe I don't know what it is, but you know when you're trying to influence that behavior, then yeah, you need to let that dog know in a language that it's basically a bridge to like commun- yeah because the dog the dog is only motivated by what it likes or what it doesn't like, so the positive reinforcement says, let's go in the direction of what it likes versus punishment of what it doesn't like, so
0: because if I didn't speak your language in any way and you brought me into your home and all I learned was you would be like no yeah. nicole <laughs> nicole yeah. i would be like my name is bad yeah. i am bad <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah you just but you, i don't know what to do i'm going to sit still
1: you would all, it, it, that or you would just be like my this person is really erratic and unstable and i'm going to have to get extra anxious and extra freaked out about like any anything i just like it heightens the anxiety or the dog is very confident kind of or whatever you want to say. Like the dog is just like not super bothered by you, you and gets used to it and no means nothing to them.
0: Mm.
1: No, well, no generally means nothing to most dogs because people just say it so much that it just dilutes the meaning to them. It, it, and it doesn't have an association necessarily of, of a punish, punisher.
0: Well, I don't, I don't get a 100% grade A on this, but I do firmly believe in using your dog's name as a positive and as a call, as mm-hmm. a come to me and mm-hmm. not as a no, you're bad. Oh yeah. So like if Ponyo's barking at the door and I'm like, Ponyo, I'm misusing her name. I'm I'm calling yeah. her name in vain because yeah. I want her name to be associated with goodness. So if Panya's far away from me and I really need her to come, I say her name mm-hmm. and then she's like, "Ooh, that's mm-hmm. good."
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's hard to do too, and I and I'm also guilty of all the sort of sort of not being the best trainer of my own dogs that I advise people to be. But uh, yeah, so for like, don't use your dog's name in vain is a great idea. Also, just using your dog's name. You're sitting there on the couch. You've got a handful of kibble. Say the dog's name. Give him kibble over and over and over again. Twenty five pieces of kibbles. That dog has just had twenty five reinforcers for its name in an association of like my name means a good thing. Yeah. And then they're more likely to come to you when you say, you know, pocket.
0: Um, oh, my God. Yeah. The, yeah. I mean, I have a side story where my neighbors <laughs> across the street had a dog named Chase. Yeah. A puppy. And I think that they must have used his name to mean every single thing, including, yeah. like, you're bad. Yeah. And he got out of their house once, and he was psyched. He was like, I'm gone. And they were like, Chase. Yeah. Come get Mama Chase. <laughs> and he was so scared.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Dear Kaya, do you have any tips for people who got puppies during
1: the pandemic. So if you have a new puppy that you have recently adopted in pandemic and we're still in pandemic, um, I would really advocate finding through a local positive reinforcement training business, trying to see if they have any kind of puppy socials or puppy social networking that they can hook you up with. You may have to work with an individual trainer, do at least one session with them to get in, but your puppy... would benefit greatly from other puppy socializing especially with its own age and size and kind of play style that it, and under the supervision of a professional trainer would be excellent if you can't afford that it would be just great to find other puppies within their size and age and um play style meaning are they shy with or are they kind of like do they get overly overwhelmed easily or whatever then you don't want to put them with the the puppies that are going to overwhelm them because then you might actually cause fear. But that's why I advocate for the trainer uh, supervised. Mm-hmm. But it, it's really important. A lot of these puppies are going to be under-socialized with other dogs. And that can create some issues coming come later in their adolescent development and then when the world opens up again as well. And if you're going to want to take them out into the world of ocean beaches and forests and possibly let them off-leash or Or even if not, they may have a hard time with other dogs. So that's another thing I really advocate for. All the socialization that you would look up online. What are the common best things to make sure to socialize my puppy to? Do them. Even if they're not already showing signs of fear or signs of like distress around other dogs or sounds or anything. I just it prevention is key with puppies. Today's
0: episode is brought to you by Jasmine Watson, Lindsay Deshaines Emily Helmus, Shoshana Ruth Wechter, Christy Harrod, Mary Pinson, Michelle Lemoyne, and Joey Soloway. If you would like to support Sagittarian Matters, in particular producer Chris Sutton, please send $5, $5 million, that's your business, via PayPal to hornetleg at gmail.com. That's hornet, like the insect leg like his appendage at gmail or this just in he's got a venmo hell books on venmo that's h-e double hockey sticks books thank you for your support and we look forward to saying your name on the podcast producer ponyo looks forward to too don't be scared that's just her speaking voice dear kaya <laughs> <laughs> yeah our chihuahua finds dog poop outside and brings it in to snack on. How do we stop this? Help. <laughs> From Yummy Yum Yum Yummy in Yuba City.
1: Oh, I see. Well, so you can train a leave it for your for your dog. If you haven't already done that, there's a, there are unfortunately a million different leave its. I'm going to advocate for one called Kiko Pup. That's K I K O Pup. That what does um, I mean? just look up Kiko Pup training a puppy to leave it and you'll, you'll get a lot of Kiko pup demos and, but they're all very solid. So I can get behind and say those are solid methods for training something. So training, leave it for your dog first. If you haven't already done that, then you're going to pretend as if, I mean, you're just going to have to do a training session for a while. Go outside. You're, you're looking around the dog spies. You have to see the poo before the dog does so that you can, you're on your, they're on leash. You make sure that they can't Actually, get to the poo, and you say leave it, and then you reward them with something really rad. So you're just gonna do that over and over again. They may still want to get a poo if you're not <laughs> managing. I can't promise you that because they're finding it to be very valuable food item or snack. Uh, there's, you know, there's no judgment really. Dogs are disgusting. <laughs> no judgment, but um, but yeah. So if you can try to train to leave it and then manage it. You know, if you really, really, really don't want them to do it, you have to just manage manage the heck out of it. which Just means put them on leash all the time, and you're surveying the environment for the snack for the for the let's call it a snack, yeah, and making sure they don't they can't have access to it. But if you can train to leave it to you, they may just kind of like if they don't get access to it for a while, they may just wean of that unsavory addiction that they have to other dogs' duty. It's not uncommon though, so.
0: Once I saw a woman on the show, My Strange Addiction, and she, her addiction was eating terracotta pottery. And her mom was like, she always had a taste for the earth.
1: <laughs> oh, God, that does sound like only a little step away from me. Eating dirt. Well, eating dirt, sucking on uh, as ri- a kid. River, river rock. As a kid, as a child, yeah. <laughs> Kaya, leave it. <laughs> uh... Dear Kaya, thoughts on
0: separation anxiety? It has definitely mm-hmm. intensified within the pandemic.
1: Oh, okay, I'm
0: anxious and Akron,
1: yeah, yeah, um, so, and
0: also side there's another question that says any advice on how to handle post covid separation anxiety for both of us?
1: oh, yeah, I know they're such little dogs are such um calming agents for us, aren't they um so leaving leaving the it depends if you're actually talking about separation anxiety and you think that your dog has a very severe um, case of this, I would go to a local trainer. There are trainers working in a lot of places. They're either work, working virtually like I am starting a business doing, or they are, um, doing some cases outside doing work with people. Um, but I, but if it's a very severe issue, then I definitely advocate for going to a professional CPDT trainer as a certified professional dog trainer. Um, I, um, other than that, what, uh, some few things that you can start doing at home, are when you, uh, depending on their severity, say they can't handle you even being in another room, well, you start small. You just start going, you start walking away a little bit at a time. You just like build their tolerance to you being further away. But it's also nice to give them rewards or something good for themselves. Like this is why I love to teach Find It for dogs, actually. I like to hide treats around a house um, treats that are not, you know, if they miss one of these treats, they're not so super gross that they get left there for like several months. But at any rate, um, hiding, if you play find it with your dog when you leave the house, they have something to do right when you leave the house. There's other ways you can do it. You can set up any other kind of puzzles that they can, that are safe for them to be unsupervised with. You have to always make sure that's a safe, um, that they're not going to have it. And nothing choking hazard. Don't leave a choking hazard for your puppy. But, Hiding treats. You're saying, you a, leave a, the house. Kong, a
0: frozen con. Yeah. You're saying, find it. You put a bunch of string yeah. cheese all yeah. over the living room.
1: Yeah, that's, then they, then they have, A, they have something to do. B, they're just, and so they're occupied, but they're doing something they like and they're, they're also getting a treat. And so when you leave means they get something extra special. And if you can make that, event whether it's a stuff kong with baby food in it or if it's like a special the game find it which they will grow to love nose work scent work basic like basic starter stuff um, they will become super excited to do that as soon as they learn it but you kind of have you do have to teach them to do that but uh, then they'll be like oh shoot they're leaving the house awesome um, now's, now's my time But but doing small amounts of time at first is really important like going out for just like one minute and coming back in and then just like doing it over and over again uh i've done this before where like i'll leave for a minute i'll come back in i'll just walk around the house i'll make no to do of it to making making your goodbyes and your hellos super non-eventful really important for separation issues
0: oh yeah i just i don't even acknowledge the dog at first when i get home perfect
1: yeah that's that's the perfect way to do it it really is these Um, tips
0: are too hot that fuzz is coming
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I I like that. Um, But yeah, yeah. Don't, 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 I mean, you don't have to be like a jerk to your dog or be like, I don't even want to look at you. But like, just, you know, just a, just a, like, no big, no big deal here. This is no big deal. I come and go. It's very normal. It's not a big, I left and I went hunting and then I thank God I survived and I'm back, you know, because that's kind of, might be kind of what they're, yeah, they're like, oh
0: God, they went out for the hunt and they got, oh Oh, no (laughs) i mean i think that even i don't
1: know what they're thinking
0: (laughs) yeah like so when you you leave you're like goodbye i'm leaving goodbye goodbye that's just heightening everyone's
1: anxiety yeah well it's more that the 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 coming back because it is so fun it is really fun to be like created like a dog greets you it's just like oh that feels so good but if they have separation issues you can't do that you have to go to like no big deal that i got home
0: what if you walk out the door for one minute and your dog Mm -hmm. starts barking or whining does it, um, is it like you're rewarding them when you come back in?
1: It is. So if you do that, if, you, if that's what your dog is like, then you s- step outside, listen for the time of which they stop barking and whining for like a number of seconds. Like try to get to as many seconds as you can, 10 seconds, let's say, that they're actually quiet. Then you walk back in, but you still ignore them. So you're, you are kind of easing their sense of like, oh God, I was really upset, but you're not doing it right after their barking behavior. So you're not reinforcing. Yeah, you should have been barking because that was scary. So, but you can also do a thing where if you're if you're at this point, you can. This is kind of fun. This is for the person who doesn't also is sad to leave their dog. You can set up your computer with um, FaceTime mm-hmm. or whatever, and then like you can have your phone with you, and you can leave the house and you can watch. Set it up in a place where you can see your puppy if they're in a crate or in an X pen or wherever they might be or on the couch, and 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 watch watch them while you're gone this way you can monitor what they look like stress wise what their behaviors are like when you're gone and then you can also be like there they are you know and that feels nice for you like and start start small like start or you know see where you can go if they start freaking if they are freaking out and they do not stop freaking out for like i don't know how long actually i can look this up if there's like a clinical line where you really need to like have an intervention. Be concerned. Be concerned, and and contact that trainer.
0: This is how we talked Beja out of her anxiety. Mm-hmm. Was just doing this, just like on a day off, mm-hmm. just like closing the door to the apartment, sitting in the stairwell, mm-hmm. waiting for her to stop barking for mm-hmm. one second or mm-hmm. whatever. Going in, being mm-hmm. like. Mm-hmm you did it mm-hmm. yeah and then leaving again yeah. basically sitting in the stairwell yeah. or whatever yeah and just I... waiting and waiting and it her anxiety had been terrible and then she got much better yeah and with Ponyo Beja had eroded my trust of dogs in such a way that with Panyo, when I left I always would leave her in a small space like mm-hmm. in my bedroom or in the bathroom especially because she was traveling with me on fellowships and stuff so Panyo has her safe space which is her travel luggage. That's very nice. That's her bed. That's her moving apartment. And so her safe space bed would be in a bathroom closed with a bunch of treats on the floor or in my bedroom. Closed. So, so she couldn't have too much access to a huge, a huge space. Yeah. Cause I don't want her to get in trouble either.
1: Right. So, so yeah, depends on your dog, but yeah. yes, that's a definitely a good tool at like a, a, what you did. X pens. Um, some dogs just really just like a crate or mm-hmm. like what you have a travel case. Um, mm-hmm. Just depends on the dog. And then, um, yeah, And the other thing you can do, uh, smaller, if you're going even smaller in, um, you can pretend like you're going to leave and you don't even leave. Like, put on your coat, jingle your keys around.
0: I mean, currently, <laughs> well, Panya will scream you know. and whine whenever I get out of the car. Yeah. She's a real heavy backseat driver when I'm parallel parking and getting to the place we're going. Mm-hmm. And so now the thing I do, and I do this only casually, is sometimes I'll just sit. We'll get to the place. She'll be like, hey, hey and then I'll just sit in front of the place and just sit in the car for a long time.
1: Right, until she, until she, until she just stops? Even after she
0: stops. We're uh-huh. just sitting there. Yeah. Just to kind of try to take the edge off. Right. Oh, as soon as we get there. Right,
1: right, right. Something's right.
0: going to happen. I'm just like, we got here, nothing's happening. I'm just texting.
1: It's true, because you are, if you do open the door and let her have access right after she's been like, I'm ready to go, I'm ready to party, and I'm, she's making vocalizations, and you don't want that, then, then you wait for the quiet.
0: Yeah. Dear Kaya... People keep touching my dog companion, Bella, who is 13 and a tad rounder than Ponyo. Even though pandemic times encourage distancing, Bella's not a dog who likes being touched by strangers, and I remember, in Fetch you drew a bandana for Beja that says, don't pet me. How can I respond to this kind of situation of people wanting to pet my dog during pandemic times assertively and aff- affably without stressing Bella or myself out more?
1: Mm, Yeah. I'm just an advocate for advocating for your dog with, uh, with people using kind but direct language. Uh, she bites. Well, sure, if she does bite or just, you know, when kids when kids do this – so my dogs don't want to be approached either by kids. So if the kids ask me, I say, can I pet your dog? I say, oh, they, they don't want to be pet. They don't want to actually be approached or pet, but they, that is so awesome that you asked me first thank you for asking. I'm sorry that they're not the kind of, I say something like, I'm sorry they're not the kind of dogs that want to, they're a little scared and they don't really want to say hi. Yeah. But I I always, with kids, I always say that's so awesome that you, I like try to give them a like, that was awesome that you asked. That's really good. I appreciate that. Thank you. I like, she bites.
0: Get the hell away.
1: Um, But what about for adults? For adults, it's just like, um, I mean, uh, it depends on the situation. If, you know, most of the time I'm using management, which is distance from people. Mm-hmm. Especially with my small dog who has fear, um, or I'm also, you know, with with this situation, you can sometimes with your, um, you just, I just say, I just say, uh, I'm I'm sorry they they don't really like being approached or touched. I just say, yeah, they they don't, you know.
0: That's I some, just,
1: I mean, the, the problem. If it's really them- serious, like if your dog, you know, I would just be like. N- no, you know, I'd be more, you know, just like no, no, they don't want to be touched. Yeah. Um. So, thanks. Thank. They are super cute. I agree. Thank you for <laughs> wanting to touch them, but they just totally don't want that. They're they're too.
0: The problem with the Shy. bandana that Beja had was that people would bend over to read it, and then that was her biggest nightmare. Yeah. And so, and then people think it's cute, uh-huh. and then they want to pet her even more. Right, and then right. they're like, but watch this. And it just right. was a whole Doctor Do little uh-huh. spiral of people being like, but dogs love me, watch mm-hmm. this.
1: Mm-hmm. And, then,
0: uh, and then beige would be like jesus christ and then mm-hmm. jumping at them and they're like your dog's crazy mm-hmm. and I call it cops it's just a huge thing mm-hmm. but so then by the end of her life i just started yelling she bites mm-hmm. when because yeah. pe- i just would try oh she's shy and people would be like not yeah. with me she's not and so i just started saying she bites that was that's my less that's my more sagittarian kind of just like more blunt yeah. way of being like get away from me
1: yeah 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 depend you know different uh, different styles of communication work great just just advocating for your dog on just is just totally the best thing to do, like your dog can't speak for itself but it has spoken for itself, and so it's up to you to protect your dog from the other people, and you don't need to feel bad about about just being direct with human beings just just like i mean think covid's taught me a lot about directness, you know you know can put, put on put on your mask dude <laughs> um but six feet. Yeah, Six feet. But uh, it, it, um, what was I going to say? What was the other thing that crossed through my mind when we were talking about this? Oh, yeah. So this, this would be extreme. This would be if like you were afraid that your dog might bite uh, people or kids, you know, and you really you can you can muscle train them, which is a, a process you'd want to get them. You want to work hard to make sure they like wearing that muzzle.
0: I oh, think it's a muzzle train, and I
1: was like, muzzle, "What's that? Like bench pressing? Yeah. Muzzle, muzzle, muzzle." And oh. then, and the, it, 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 pretty much all dogs who are wearing a muzzle, uh, most people are like, uh, aren't going to be like, "Can I pet your dog?" Yeah. So that's a trick. How it, do you muzzle train? Oh boy! Well, there, just I mean, many treats, many treats, and many, many different. Like at first, you just show them the muzzle, and if they approach it, you give them a treat. You know, like you don't even—it's not even like near their face yet. There's many, many steps, tons of streets, but it won't take you. But for most, if you do it right and you do it slowly and build up that association with the, the muzzle being non offensive and give them the choice to come and put their face into it, actually, you can train them to willingly put their face into it. And there's a lot of another favorite uh, dog trainer of mine is Shirag Patel, C H I R A G Patel, P A T E L. And he's got lots of different lovely videos for. S- slowly uh, desensitizing or conditioning your uh, dog to like something that it probably normally wouldn't like to shove on his face or her face.
0: Hi, listeners. It's me, Nicole. If you would like to support me and Ponyo, in particular, our comics and animal illustrations, Go to patreon.com slash Nicole J. Georges, and for as little as $2 a month, you can have access to hundreds of pages of otherwise unpublished diary comics. For the price of one cold brew plus tip, you can become an honorary Sagittarian, and for the price of two vegan cupcakes or two vegan donuts, you can become a Ponyos Friend Club member, at which point you really start raking in goods, including new buttons. Check it out, patreon.com slash Nicole J. Georges. Dear Kaya, yeah. I adopted a super sweet 13-year-old senior dog, Carmela, in April. She's a delight, and I hope she's around for several more years. My question is, when is the right time to adopt a second younger dog? Mm. Carmela loves other dogs and would enjoy the company and potentially be a great friend and mentor to a younger pup. Mm. But she also has mobility limitations that would cause me to worry about her safety in a more active dog. I hope she's around for many more years, and I also recognize... That now's a good time in my life to train a dog since I'm home all the time and only working minimally. Hmm. Any advice? Hmm. Also, it's a multi part question. Any general advice for adding a second dog to the family? Signed? Second dog in Schenectady.
1: Uh, yeah, that's so sweet. Um that you're that you wanna want to help adopt another dog and in, and increase the quality of life for your your current elder dog? I would you know, I would. My advice would be to find a dog whose energy output isn't going to be overwhelming to your mobility. Uh, in some, somewhat mobility. What is the word thing?
0: Mobility limitations. limitation. Limitation.
1: Uh, elder senior dog. Um, Carmela. So yeah, I would say um, choo- choosing choosing a dog. Uh, if do you notice dogs that Carmel? Do, do you notice dogs out in the world that your dog seems to gravitate towards? Are they? Do they tend to be male? Do they tend to be? oftentimes that is a good pairing male and female, but not certainly not always Do you need to get an opposite sex, but sometimes that's a good thing. Um, do, are they, are they, do they like smaller dogs? Do they like, do they like kind of playful dogs? But, but could you find a, could you find a rescue dog? I think you're, look, I'm not sure if you're looking to rescue, but could you find a, a younger dog who has, you know, just has what it takes to, f- f- to fit with Carmella but not to hurt her. I mean, I think that's just choosing your other dog wisely. But I would say, do it. You might as well do it now if you, if you think she would like it, and you have the time to train.
0: Well, yeah. so how do you how do you add a second dog to the family? And does a second? I guess I wonder. Does a second
1: dog with an older dog uh-huh. add years to its life or trim years off its life? I think it can often add. I mean, if you if you if you choose the dog that is clearly a very good fit, you know, which takes patience, which can take some. Patience and yeah. Sorry, I did I cut you off?
0: No, I just I feel so fervent about this because people always ask me how I got ponyo mm. who feels in some ways like a perfect dog, mm-hmm. and it is just from listening to the people that work at the shelter and not getting attached to breed, mm-hmm. which I've said on the show a million times. Mm-hmm. But not walking in the door, being like, "This dog's cute and has a sad story," or "This dog's cute. I saw it on the internet. What a weird looking dog. He has a patch over his eye." Like letting mm-hmm. Carmella choose. Mm-hmm. the dog yeah, and kissing a lot of toads. You got to be a little, for me, I think I have to be a little hard when mm-hmm. I walk into the humane society mm-hmm. because there's a lot of dogs that I could see a life with, but that aren't mm-hmm. the perfect dog. Yeah. And you could get, you could, you know, it feels bad to walk away from a dog and have them put it back in its cage. Yeah. But you just, that's what you got to do if you're going to get the perfect dog yeah. for the elder who's already uh-huh. living with you.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think sometimes a foster, a dog who's been in foster care can be a good, good, place to look for if you need something very specific um because the, the a foster situation you usually have a little more information about that dog does do they get along with cats other dogs whatever what's their energy like um and then and then i would you know have the meeting and with that dog you know from a nice safe covid in a nice safe uh, covid way and see what you see, you know see what kind of sparks are flying i definitely wouldn't get a a, a of necessarily a breed that was gonna be larger and very rambunctious and and like within a year or two or even three years of age, you know that might be that's too much that that might be too much for her uh but uh
0: I mean I wish that you could just get another senior dog so they could just have sure. a little gentle retirement together. I know that's hard on your heart <laughs> if they go at the same time well, but what a gift.
1: Or, or just the right temperament puppy, and if your dog likes little dogs, um, then you could get a you could get a really young dog, a little puppy, and a, if your dog is not too too tiny, uh, you know, a tiny little dog. True. I'm talking Chihuahua mix.
0: You're talking like a like a fetal saying, like a fetal
1: I'm Chihuahua. Just <laughs> I'm just saying, like the size of it is very important. The, the size and strength of it in, with 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 your senior dog, um, and then sometimes that like energy of that younger puppy does give that elder dog a new zest for life, though. So it's not off. I'm going to say it's not off the table for a younger dog. Just choose the the choose that wisely. Is it is it like is it going to be a big breed? Is it already a big you know? Yeah. Is it already big? Is it already overly? like excitable and needs a lot of play and will be too rough housey.
0: Do you have any general tips for people who have bonded with their dogs a lot during COVID? Mm -hmm. You know, somebody asked about COVID separation anxiety. Mm -hmm. Do you have any tips for people who are adopting dogs during COVID Mm -hmm. or have been staying at home, bonding with their dogs Mm -hmm. more during COVID? Like every dog is going to lose their marbles a little bit. Like things are going to be very different
1: someday. Someday. We have maybe a year. Yeah, so separation stuff is important. Yeah. Start working at that right now if you've gotten a new dog uh, in the pandemic and gotten... Is that a word? Done, gotten. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I didn't go to college. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> if... Uh, <laughs> If you, if you did get you, if you adopted dog, a you... dog in the pandemic and you've worked from home and haven't barely left your house, which is probably most of us, um, yeah, then, then work towards small bits right now. Go for it. Start it now. Vaccines on the horizon. So this is a good time to start. And so, then,
0: so that's you leaving the dog at home, going mm-hmm. and doing some stuff. Yeah. But start small,
1: start, yeah. start really small if you need to, you know, and if you, if you have the time now to do that, do it now. Um,
0: and I cannot advocate enough for this thing that you've been doing with Ponyo, which is Find It, oh, which yeah. you talked about, yeah. which is nose training, Yeah. which is just making a real fun game for her. So now, and this is a real easy way that I just started off, you know, once I saw this game that you started, which is Ponyo gets fed in three batches now. Mm-hmm. She gets fed... By me mm-hmm. in her little dish and then I separate the rest of it and I shove part of it in a kong and part of it in another little dish and I just hide those. Mm-hmm. So then she knows. And then mm-hmm. she finishes her first dish and I say, find it. And mm-hmm. then she has to go find the other ones. Mm-hmm. That yeah. is
1: just a blast. Yeah, it's a blast. I'll I'll do something like reduce my, if my dog doesn't, you know, if I'm, if I'm maintaining a certain amount of general food to them, I might also reduce some of their dinner just to put more treats. Like you said, I don't feed them at breakfast because I use treats. So... If you you know if that's a concern of yours, just set aside some of their meal for the find it game um, Yeah, so starting small with with separation stuff, even and in fact, if you don't know or don't suspect or do, you know if you just really don't know if your dog's gonna have a separation issue, I would I would start to see if it is gonna like leave. Yeah. Like I said, that little trick of setting up your computer where you can see them and walking out of the house and watching them and see what they do. Do you, do you ever
0: <laughs> yell at them through the computer? I don't know. No, I don't.
1: No, no, you don't. <laughs> no I, I think I what do I do? I do I mute them so they can't hear me. I think I mute their side of the thing so they can't hear me cuz oh, that could be distressing. I see. I, see. I forgot that part. Distressing? Yeah, if they hear me or hear outside noises coming from the computer, you know, I that see. could like be like, "What? What's that?" Um, there are these like high-tech um treat dispensers that you can also get. This is a cool trick to give your dog to reinforce good behaviors while you're gone as well if you're if you leave the hu- they ha- like, if you leave the house, you have this. Is it probably on your phone or something? And you just deliver a treat every time. You, if your dog gets up and you're like, oh, maybe they're gonna start worrying or they're, you know, just feed them a treat. Just feed them a treat. Just feed them lots of treats from that pet dispenser too. That's cool.
0: That's great. Yeah. Kaya, thank you for remote. all this dog advice. You bet. Um, do you want people to look for anywhere? Look for you anywhere so they know when your remote puppy training service. Happens.
1: No. Will you I'm post the, about
0: it on your Instagram page. Sure, okay,
1: yeah. I'm the worst. I'm just so horrible at self promotion. But yes.
0: Is it Kaya underscore Wilson on Instagram? Is
1: that what it is? Great. Yeah. Perfect.
0: Thank you so much, Kaya. <laughs> Thank you so much. Sagittarian Matters is produced by Chris Sutton with assistance by Panyo Georges. Our theme music is composed by Carolyn Pennypacker Riggs of the band Bouquet. Thank you for listening and See you next time.